Shalom Aleichem Torah Interactive. <laughs> I wanted to to just go through a little bit the, the Mida of Zahiras as brought down into in the Mid-Silsashar. Reshmimen, is it any louder now or is it the same? Um, I can hear. It's, 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 it's okay. If I put it like this, is that better? No, 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 no. It doesn't make a difference. So we're, we're, I, I'm all right. Okay. As long as everybody else can hear, then we're fine. Okay, so I think one of one of the first classes or the first um, get-togethers, we discussed this idea of Zahiras. I think Rashman mentioned some questions on it, and I just wanted to just ask a couple questions spanning the different prokim of Zahiras of the Misil Sishar. This, the, what I believe, I'm going to start with the strongest question first. I don't know if that makes sense, but we'll start with the strongest question first. Which I don't know, strong. It's the hardest for for me to answer. Is a question that in the way I understand the Mesilas Yisharim is that Zahiras is challenged. Like the force that stops Zahiras is a certain force of mitzvahs anashim el mada, a certain force of human beings having habits, schedules, and going through life. You know, with the speed of life. And the speed of life itself detracts one and, and distracts someone from thinking about what his purpose is and things of that sort. And therefore, that's the biggest mania to Zahiris. Mishishan brings down that Yermio Anavi was Masonin al that was his complaint, this was his points about the generation of the first Chorban, that they were Nagua Benida Azos, that they were caught up with their daily routine, they were caught up with their life, and they weren't able to, the words that he said was, there was a certain covering of their eyes from their actions, without thinking and placing their heart on it, whether they should continue these actions or avoid these actions. So, you know, this idea that the Mesilzi Sharm is discussing about being, you know, occupied and this occupied with his hergal, with his habits and his daily routine is a issue that he, that Yermio complained about his generation. And Rabbi Cheskosarno points out, and the, or it's, or it's brings it down, Rabbi Yona, that this generation that, Yermio is referring to was a generation that the, the leaders of the generation saw that there were Osek Tamid and Torah, that they constantly were learning Torah and to, to the extent where they didn't understand what, what happened, like how did this go down? And the Malachim couldn't answer it and Akash Baruch himself had to come down and say because Shalom Baruch Bracha Tchila that they didn't make a bracha on Berchus Torah, you know, whatever the Hezbron that is exactly. But at the end of the day you're talking it sheds a different light to habit and routine. I would have always understood habit as and routine in regards to mundane matters or something of that sort. To also have habit and routine within spiritual actions, which is lechora, what this generation had with limita Torah, is a little bit of a nachadaher of routine and habit. But going through life, you know, it might be an intellectual daher, but the mitzvahs. Um, brings out that routine of spiritual routine 
will also affect one's zihiris. But at the end of the day, this is the generation he's referring to. And then when he discusses in Perikei, Mavsidi has zihiris. So he refers back to this Mida, and he calls it Hatipo Vahatirda Olamis. It says one of the things that distracts someone from Marchik, I'm sorry, that distance someone from Zihiras is Tipo Vahatirda Olamis. Because when a person's tired being Yoni Olamo, and he named Machshavosa Vasuros Bezike Hamasa Asher When he discusses Tipo and Tirda as a Mavshid of Zihiras, he seems to discuss very much a tipo of tirda of parnasa, like he he talks about masa, and then he says So it seems like in, when he talks about the mafsid and the marchikel of zahiras, he talks about tirda tipo uh, tirda, and he says We already spoke of them. This whole thing, and lechora when you apply the generation that had this. Issue of people with Tirda was a generation of Yermio where they were also in Torah. What is the whole speech over here talking about Memaik Be'esek Vasek Torah when when it applies to people with Tirda of Torah spiritual matters as well? And even more so, it seems like the whole issue of people with Tirda is that it, it, it hurts and affects someone's time of learning Torah. And he says at the end, like, because the Torah would have certain, you know, magic, certain ability to misora someone to start thinking about life and this and that. When we see the generation of Yermio, which had, which was the generation that had this 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 nega that had this issue, uh, struck, like they were learning Torah all the time. So that, that to me is a question I, I want to put out there, like. First of all, how does it fit into the context of the Mesil Sharm between Parakei when he goes into a little bit deeper and explains what Tipo Atirda is, the, the difference between the two Prakim, and a little bit, in a way, it's like it's like a little bit of a hand, like a linchpin on life. Like, okay, so now when I learn Torah, or when I try to get out, is, get out of a rut or get out of routine and this and that, like, if this generation couldn't do it, then how do I then, you know, learn Torah or do the right thing or or, or have Chaverim to discuss things? How do I get out of the this um, this uh, rope? That was that was the first question I wanted to bring up. Another different question to it was, which I think I'm not sure. I think Rashmi mentioned this question the first time, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Is he talks about marchikel, things that distract, a detract from zihiras, which, you know, we should label what zihiras is, but we'll, we'll keep that vague for now. And one of his things are like schok v'latzon, that's the second one, and a chever ra, which is like a peer pressure, chever atipshin, a certain peer pressure. Like, but but what is the driving force behind that? Like, why why hagufa? What is the push to become a, a let's right many times in life when we when we experience someone ha- giving a serious thought there's a let's there now what's the let's doing what's the someone who's trying to mock or or take down the speech or whatever it is there's a certain threat you know there's a certain threat you know when there's tochachet or it's uncomfortable or let me work at my own pace whatever it is there's a certain uncomfortability about being told 
what to do about being told what's right or wrong, and therefore someone deflects it by using leitzanas. So the Mesilu Sharm says that leitzanas has a powerful force of deflection. Okay, but but what drives the guy to become the let's? Like what what is going on inside of him that's making him need to deflect the seriousness of life? Lechora, it's that life's a little bit overwhelming. Life is a heavy pressure. There's a lot at stake. And that's too hard for the guy to handle. So he uses Leitzanus as a way to, to, um, to deflect it. I remember once I was, uh, it was Yom Kippur night. And like I was in Yeshiva and I was like talking to a guy and we were, I was like making certain jokes and he made a comment in passing. He, he called me out. I don't know if he meant to call me out, but he said like, Yoni, don't worry. Don't, don't take it so, so seriously. Now, was he right? Probably, you know, it's a little bit of an intense time in my life, probably. But, but to me, like a lot of times, that that's what a let's does. He's deflecting the seriousness because it's hard, it's overwhelming, and there's a lot of pressure. I remember Rabbi Cohn once mentioned that the more one feels things, the the, the more pressurized the whole religion is, the more sensitive he is to it. So. Like the Mesil Sharm, thank you for pointing out that Sultva Lotzon is something that will get me out of the years, but but isn't there something going on in me that that points me to Sultva Lotzon? Like, shouldn't we discuss that a little bit, or shouldn't there be some certain help in that? No, may, I don't know if Rashwiman, I don't know if you did ask this or or something like this. I think, I don't, is it a good question? Do you hear the point? <laughs> well, my, my, my concern is. That if you're right, then the Mesilsasharm should really identify the the deeper real root cause. You should say one of the mafsidim is the person being um, feeling overwhelmed and needing to protect himself against that feeling, which will drive him to litanas, etc. Seems to like identify Lutzon as a cause as opposed to just a symptom. From a different cause, right, right, which is which is the which is really the question a little bit, right? So so right, and then so that was like another just so the first point was that the generation Yermio, how does it fit with the Tibbotir to how it's discussed? Why does it get out of it? That these Mafside has the iris seem to be like what I would say surface, or I like the way Rashmi's words were. These are more symptoms that they happen to be causes as well, but they're symptoms of something else. So let's talk about the something else. And then another thing like that, that was hitting me a little bit was that when there's, there's I remember once in Yeshiva, I would discuss with a couple of guys, it was the idea of called like, you shut down your thought process, meaning you know that if I'm going to think about what's right or wrong, I won't do it. So instead of thinking about it, I just ignore the need to think about it. Now, what's that drive? It's a certain drive for desire, you know, whatever it is. I want to desire something, right? You want to do something improper. So I know if I think about it and, and like the, the pangs of thinking about it, like bleep in my mind. But if I think about it, I know I don't, I'm not going to be able to do it. So I shut down that thing and I don't think about it. Like there's no mention at all about, you know, taivos or desires or things like that as Mafside has the heroes. When Lechora, that would also get someone to stop thinking. You know, there's many rationalizations and and the gears that get people to stop thinking. Like, well, why 
isn't that also a category? Like he doesn't seem to bring in Hivas and things like that till he discusses Nikias, which is uh, Zahirus on steroids. Now, to me, that, I, that was another point I just wanted to bring up. Like that, the court is a whole nother camp or a whole nother track of stopping from thinking called, I just want to do what I want, or I don't want to be. I don't want to be restricted, or I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Therefore, I don't. I'll stop myself from thinking. Those were like the the three, you know, sort of type questions. And then one more point I wanted to put on, which is like somewhat of a circle that maybe answers some of the points or not. But to Daher that that Zahiris is after Machovasa So even though Machovasa is not in the Brisa, so. Like the way Rashmi was saying that that Shok is a symptom. Okay, now let me take a step back. Lechora, part of the year is Mao to think about when he in Paragdal when he says, What do you think about? You have to think about Mao Atova Miti. So thinking about Tova Miti is much like I think Rashmi has been put a focus and an emphasis on this, what is Tov Amiti and Daherring Mahavasabolamo on a deeper level, you know, more than just our, our first understanding of servitude or our or our understanding of reward, like a little bit of a deeper understanding to Mahavasabolamo, you know, moving to this track of mirroring the greatness of our and seeing the good of our things like that. So it could be that that part of uh, thinking about Zahiris of Mawa Tov Hamiti Adam, that is a thought process that could potentially maybe deal with the root issues that that might trigger these other symptoms or something of that sort. That's really what I wanted to put on the floor, and I and I I'm just curious a little bit like how people understood the Mida of Zahiris. Um, would a person does a person view themselves as a zahir? Are there many levels of being a zahir? Is following the path of the Masils of Sharm old school and maybe maybe there's a different way to grow, you know, like uh, maybe there's a different must say for, for dummies that we need nowadays to bring it down a level before, or is following this track make sense or you know. There's just this, that that's the basic circle of what I, you know, wanted to. I was really just curious, to be honest, how other people view these topics or, or things of that sort. Um, I think you might need a little help in um, sort of breaking it down to specific questions because you put a lot out here all at once the first, okay one, one question would be is, no, let's let's go back and like take it step by step okay so 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 i, I let's say I, I, would anything. Ask, I would ask a, a very basic question like this you know a, a bar mitzvah your child or a ninth grade or whatever it is a young man comes to you and says daddy Rebbe, whatever friend i, I want to grow as a person how, how do I, how do I, I want to grow. I want to understand what my purpose of life is. I want to 
grow as a human being. I want to understand the depth of this religion. I want to grow. So I could hear that maybe 100 years ago, one would say, no, you have the Mesilus Hashanah, follow the Mesilus Hashanah. You have the Chobos Lovavos, follow the Chobos Lovavos. That, that's one question. W- would we tell the guy, you know, follow the Torah, the Mesilus Hashanah, Rapichas Bediyarit, he's a Tana, he said, this is the way to do it. Torah, maybe the Zahiras, 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 Or is the Mesilus Hashanah more not used as a path to actually grow, but it's used as, as a way to arouse feelings and understand what Hashem wants from us and how you actually grow is a, is a very different conversation. Why can't you uh, just say numerous things? I mean, the seal charm is one way, but just do avos over and over and over and over again. Just go to a schmooze every week in yeshiva that's not touching the seal charm. There's many different paths. A hundred percent. I think what I'm confused about is that to become a brain surgeon, right? There's a very, it's not, it might take a long time and take a lot of chachman efforts, but there's at least a system of how you become a brain surgeon. There's a system how you become a real estate broker. Wait, give me one second. Okay, there's there's many different you know every single thing has a, has 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 a rules and a system and a way to to grow. Yet it seems like like in Ruchnius we're thrown out there to take a bunch of a different ideas that we hear around that are powerful and then use those ideas to to, to then apply it to yourself and then. So that, that's what I'm saying, Joe. That like, like I understand that, and I get that. Like, I, I you can learn most all the time. You can learn Torah all the time. So you shouldn't have to have a map to how he grows, or you know, every day you just try to do the best you can. You, you follow Debrei Chazal. I want to just ask you a question. You're saying the Messiah's Shrub. Now, granted, the Messiah's Shrub seems to have a roadmap. Um, but I'll call upon him. What did they do before uh, before the 1600s? Like they didn't have them throughout the charm. Like meaning it's 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 nice that there's a roadmap there, there but there's there's again there's many paths. I don't think it's a stero. I no, I understand it, but what I would say just to answer before the Mesilla Sharm, I would say like this this the same way before the Rama people were able to know all the halachos from knowing Shas, but the Rama put it all together. Is, is it possible that yeah, before the Sharm, they, they knew Chazal, they knew Kotorko, they were able to make the roadmap themselves. But so, so what, what did Mr. Sharm do? What, what, do you, what do you give us? What did Pinchas Banyar do? And Pinchas Banyar is giving us a, a roadmap. He's giving us no, a No, again, but there's, you go, again, I'm going to go back to Avos, because to me, Avos, if you read Avos, as I grow older, there's just so much in it. I and mean, this is not in, this is initially also, there's so much in it. That to just say, oh well, okay, we're just gonna follow this this roadmap, which is Rapunzel Benyars and, and Saito. I'm saying it's very, it's very. I don't, I don't, I don't know. To me, it's just like you're selling yourself short. You're, you're limiting yourself. And according to what you're saying, then you're right. And Echanami, around now, there should be a Masiyasi Sharm for dummies that comes out, and that'll be the new thing. It's just very, it's very. To me, that's schwer. You have to take what works for you. You have okay. to take what works for you. Not everything works for everybody. 
God, I mean, personally, that? I'd much rather do much than much more harsh uh, stuff than, than we do in Chavit Chaim. That, that works for me. It doesn't so, work for others. I know that. So let, let, me, let me rephrase the question. And, and you don't have to answer. Do, do, do mo- does a person, should a person have a roadmap? Well, a person should have a Rebbe and, and Chaverim so that what they're doing is to make sure they're accomplishing. And hopefully that will tell them that if you're taking a little bit from this safer and a little bit from that safer, you'll know that you're not really getting anywhere. And therefore, you should have a, a roadmap of sorts to know that, yes, you can't just stay on this one Mishnah and Avos and think you're going to get everything that's in it. It's not. You have to get a complete package and a complete and know that there is a complete path, whatever that path is, whether it works for you or not. Should a, should a person have, a, if someone is has certain midos that is struggling to work on, should he have a a roadmap on how to fix it, or should he just go about you know learning ideas about like like for example, if I were to ask someone who experienced kina and ask them, okay, so what have you done to work on it and to improve in it? Does does a person have to have like this is what I'm doing about it, this is how I'm improving it? Like if God forbid someone had an illness. They will tell you exactly how they're dealing with it. Is 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 that same thing going on, or should it be going on when it comes to ruchnius? Yes, but not just because one has kinna doesn't mean one should follow the prescribed route as brought down in in any specific musr sefer. Because everybody's different, and knowing what Chazal say about kinna could help you map out a strategy. But the strategy is not necessarily going to be the same for every person who is suffering from this uh, illness, if you will. However, there will be there will be levels and levels of the degree of a person's capacity for pursuing information, accessing information, and applying information to himself. So every person is only expected to do according to his own ability, and that's what Hashem expects of us, and that's how each Nisham was reaching its shlemus. When I when I heard the Rashiva giving a shmooze about the Rishol Salanter, Chayka Mishpat, how you have to psychoanalyze yourself, figure out what's causing the kas, I was thinking to myself, well, how many people on earth are capable of doing this? So in a, in a certain way, there could be many good svarim available, um, sometimes even the Chachma, not from Sfarim that could be available to somebody who knows how to draw from it. So every person who has that capacity is expected to use it. The fundamentals, of course, are essentially everybody, according to what your Masorah is, our Masorah is that Masorah Sasharim, Chavos etc., of course, are fundamental. If, if, if someone has a different, you know, a different Hadracha, then he has to try to follow that sincerely, and we can assume that Lebush is guiding him that way. But for us, there's things that are basic foundational information and has to constantly be brought in, expanded, and eventually he can even start changing his whole his whole Havana of even the basics. That's an ongoing process. So we have some good form nowadays. Uh, Volby tries to deal with Midas in a very specific way. There can be some good ideas there, but 
I don't think you can expect to have like a, uh, a very clear map that will apply to every individual the same way. Does that make sense? Yeah, but but I think I'm not I'm not asking so much about the map being the same. I think I'm asking more, like, is there a map? Like, are, like I, I don't remember hearing such a focus of like, like having it calculated how to improve more than just giving information and use that information to improve. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't catch that. Okay. No, I understand. No, I mean, are we expecting that somebody will, you know, come to Musa Safer, come to the Shmooz, listen to a Shmooz on Torah anytime, once a week, and all the meters will improve? It's not just going to be, you know, automatic thing through, you know, some good basic um, exposure that has to trigger within him a pursuit of it, a desire for it, a, willing, a willingness to work on it and to find that which will help him. There could be a lot of things that we need to use. Help him chaverim. Good Sunday night computer sessions, etc., etc. But uh, <laughs> there's no single, um, you know, that's or, or, or device that's adequate. Many things that could help a lot. The, the gain the skills of understanding the, the the information that's available in Torah is a big starting point. So that I could be involved. with Shiva said without Chachmas the the commitment to to limit Amusser is not going to be reliable because once the person learned to say it already. He will think to himself, I learned this already. It won't be interesting to him. And his commitment will become very weak. But if I have the skills of gaining a new insight, and I'm trying to, to employ it, to, to, to utilize that, so it will remain intellectually stimulating. And then he'll be able to continue that, that learning and that growth process. But I don't think that means only to learn the same safer over and over again. There could be, yes, a lot to be, that could be gained from a certain sperm over and over again. But there might be something that could help him to add to it. Uh, Rabiani, question here, just a little bit, uh, still still a little lost over here. But in general, the Masil Sharma. David, 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 we've been discussing this the last four weeks, but you may have missed it. I may have missed the last 16 weeks, if I'm not mistaken. Baruch Hashem, life is good. Um, so the question I have is, is the is Silas Hashem the first person who came up with a roadmap? Like, yeah, I've never learned the Chovas Olavos, but, you know, he, you know, presumably he's got Prakim and he has a, he has a, a, a structure and it's been around for a thousand years. You know, the Archa Siddiquim doesn't have a roadmap. He has sort of, he or she, whoever wrote it, you know, has sort of, <laughs> you know, different, uh, you know, different approaches. Like you know, the Rai Luban used to always say, you know, people are, people are either Chassidikim people or Masil Shisham people, right? Some people like the roadmap approach and like big picture ideas, and some people like to work on little midos here and there, and you know, pick their spots. Like, is this concept novel? You know, from the Masil Shisham, like nobody else did it beforehand. 
I'm, I'm not a I'm not a Bucky, but I know the Cubs love his all his pruck and follow, you know, one after the other. And I know he does start off with what is Hashem, so I guess it makes sense that he does start off at the beginning. Uh, no, to me, like I, I think, like I, I like Rayleigh line, but I'll change it a little bit, like. I think I don't think it's an Orcha Sadiqan person versus a Sushar person. I think it's two different types of people. Meaning people can work on Midos use them as Sushar and people could use Orcha Sadiqim as a roadmap. Like I don't think it's specific to the safer, but but that, that Nakud is exactly what I'm, I was trying to just just feel out. Like I know a large part in Yeshiva in my life I was reactive to Nisyonos as opposed to like being proactive, like in business, right? The company, you don't you don't want a company solving problems all the time. You want the company seeing the problems and building big enough and and going in scale and that the problems don't happen and, and that you're you're past there. You're not Sears and you're Walmart. You know that that that's what happened. Like in life, though, like I I think for many years I was doing more of okay, you know this meat is troubling me now. Let me work on this. You know, oh, I'm angry at Hashem. Let me work on this. Oh, I'm having problems with this. Let me work on that. But, but I, I think like what I real in myself at least I felt like, you know, if, if there w- there wasn't the goals, there wasn't like a step by step approach. That you're right. I was I was focusing on Hashem and there was spiritual growth, but like I don't feel that I was really taking it from from. I wasn't like making a Gavrikai type of change as a growth as a person. I was just making like these small changes, which eventually I I'm not belittling that. God forbid. So, so, so exactly. That's exactly what I'm trying to read. Ask, and I think that's a good way to say it. Or am I working on specific meetos here and there, or am I have a roadmap where I have a goal of where I want to reach? And and I again, when I said to Mrs. Sharma, I didn't. I, it comes out. I didn't mean this safer. I just meant that idea. Are are you a a, a roadmap type person or a, a you know? And. and me, I, I, I just feel, or I, this is a personal feeling. I don't know if it's proven that without the roadmap, there's a certain, certain like, you know, if you don't have the goals or you don't have where you're headed or you don't have, and you're working just on a small meter here, small meter there, I, I wasn't, I wasn't seeing the same Gavrikai type of growth, personally. Yeah, I mean, the issue I would think about the roadmap approach is the fact that. With all the, you know, using any of these farm as a guide, is that inevitably you'll have disputes and discussions as to where one should read until. It's like, <laughs> like the first ten prak. Was it the said the first ten prakim of the Masil Sharm are, are bulletproof or something like that. No. Okay. What about, but what about the subsequent ones, which basically tell you to the next level, you know? And and uh, oh yeah, we're not allowed to read the first parak of Chovas Olavos. <laughs> Right. It's like all these roadmaps come with qualifications anyway, so it's almost like I think like like uh, uh, the guy formerly known as Yaakov used to say was saying before, <laughs> you know, it's almost like you need to have a good Rebbe, you need to have a good program because if you're just going to pick up some text, it's not going to be sufficient because you know you're just you know read Masil Shisharim all the way through and try to understand it on your own, and you might suddenly find yourself studying the history of of uh, what he called of the author and say, why was he a playwright? And next thing you know, you'll be studying Italian literature. You know, just like, it's not, you know, these things are not just things that you just pick up. You need to be guided. A hundred percent. But again, 
like Yaakov, like mm-hmm. the guy formerly known as Yaakov mentioned, that the pers- the guidance and the personal ladder of growth is very unique to each individual, and it, it shouldn't be one mahalach to, to each person. I, I, I was never excluding the idea of having Pilpu Chaverim and a Rebbe to do it. I, w- I was just pointing out the, the I, that I thought that there was a certain benefit to the Silas ladder by, by knowing that, hey, I have a goal that I want to reach, and I have different steps of how to get to that goal. I mean, I mean, if you thought about it in life, there, there's no there's no business in the world that just plugs holes. Oh, I have a hole here, let me plug it. I have a hole here, let me plug it. Every business is going to have a, a a memo or a I forgot what the forgot what the business term is for where the company's heading or where they want to head or like end of the year discussion or things like that. And to me, like I thought that was lacking a little bit in 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 the Avodas Hashem in my personal Avodas Hashem. That, that's all I was saying. I, I wasn't that saying might be, that may be a product of just not having a sufficient degree of birur veimus machavasa belamoi. Which is, which is not a simple thing to accomplish. <laughs> and really, you need all the learning of Mesilis Tasharim and Chavos Alavos and all the Svarim in order to be educated enough to come to have an appreciation to even get started. Correct. You're not misave, you're not pulled after it, you're not driven to it. Of course, it's going to be reactive because you have enough of an awareness that some of the things I'm doing and or, or, you know, behaving are not so good, so I want to try to fix them. But I don't recognize myself bichlal, as this potentially multi-billion dollar business. If I would see that in myself, then of course I would be pursuing it and looking at all the opportunities slash challenges as a ways of developing that business. Right, but, but but as as Doug it all right, I agree, hundred percent, and and that is why that that's the first part, and that, that that takes us back to that the first question, that's where you could be very busy with doing a lot of learning, a lot of other important things, but nevertheless not realizing that you don't really have the proper appreciation of Torah, to be making a bracha on it properly, and really valuing it in all that you're doing all day long. So it's possible a person to get busy and somehow miss the fact that he's not really being some lave in the right kind of way to everything that he's doing. So that's that trap of the busyness without being really self-aware of where you're holding and where you need to get to could, could occur even somebody who is very much involved in a lot of good things. Agreed. Uh, just one idea out of left field, just uh, as we were all talking about this, I was remembering another thing about the, the steps and the thing is the idea of transformation, right? So the question is, if today I'm like this and I want to now change something, right? Not just, you know, is there something mystical or magical about doing a certain number of steps in a row, right? So if I do a little bit of this and a little bit of that, maybe it's not enough. I remember I own somewhere, I own a book by Dr. Torsky on 10 steps to being your best. 
and he says that all the alcoholics and all the you know the you know all the addiction programs are 12 steps and he said originally he was going to write his book as 12 steps they went with 10 because he said repentance vineyards bryce has got 10 and if that was good enough for the seals charm he felt that was probably a good approach for his book as well it's something about 10 steps maybe being a transfer a transformative number that by taking this sort of leveled approach you could in fact you know make a real change in yourself that's maybe as a recipe like one step you know one step here one step here is not going to do it but if you commit to doing a 10-step approach to changing yourself like Rafael Spinara suggests then you actually can make a change not where you're going with any of this just you know another idea to throw in there perhaps okay I hear something to think about you know something to think about after class right I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm realizing I'm not. I'm not being so clear. <laughs> not not because not because because I'm not. I'm not understanding so much what what the struggle that I'm having. Therefore, when I'm giving it over, it's not coming across so clear. Anyone anyone at all like hop at like a little bit this struggle or anything like I'm saying at all like this idea. Or? It sounds to me that what you're saying is that there's. An, an, an inherent need for a, uh, a guidebook, if you will, and have it stru a structured guidebook and how to get from point A to point B to point C to point D to get to the end. Um, and even if you're not going to necessarily use that book, it's, in, it's an inherent need to know that the guidebook exists, that there is a goal and there is a path one is supposed to be on, even if one is not taking, even if one is taking the road less traveled, as it were. Does Even if you're not going to go take the Masiyah Sharm Ba'atzim, but you have to know that it, this is where we're trying to get to. You know, just to be a good yid doesn't necessarily mean that you are just going to do Tarev and it's all great. There is levels in Ruchnius and to achieve Shlemus. There's, there's, uh, there's a path to take. I, yeah, but, but I think like one, one more step that, that's confusing me in my head is that is does growth have to like is growth just natural or or does growth need to be planned meaning what's wrong taco if, if i'm reactive to, to struggles if i'm reactive to challenges and and through that I, I i you know at the end of the day then in five years from now this mida is worked on i'm a, i have more patience my torah is better my understanding almost better like like why, why is it necessary? Why is it necessary to have labeled growth? Maybe it's organic. Maybe when you do all these small things, maybe it's both. It's not a stira. You're not asking a stira here. How could you? How can you possibly expect to be successful if you're not really thought out and planned out in advance? <laughs> what do you mean, time out? Time out. Time out. Because what? What? what what's Rebbe saying here? I'm not. I'm not saying not to be thought out. I'm not saying that. God forbid. I'm. I'm just saying that. Like, you know, like I don't. I don't need to be this level, that level. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, Joe. What were you saying? I was trying to understand what Rabbi Schmidman was just asking. I had lost it because Rabbi Schmidman <laughs> asked it. No, no, just a very simple thing. But I don't know if that's really the real. The real Ikenakuda is how are we viewing the struggles? 
if we're viewing them as like problems where I might be nichshol, so then it's a very like minimized kind of a view. I'm looking at them as like a thing which I rather would not have altogether. So then I'm misunderstanding my whole true, you know, definition of existence. One second. How is that? I, 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 I literally am not sure I understand what you're asking as always, but like uh, I would think that one would grow a lot more from being thrust in a situation where uh, one overcomes um, as opposed to just reading about it in a book um, and you know, yeah, even applying that which you've learned in the safer, applying it on some level, but if you're not actually in the matzah, if you're not actually in the in the trenches, you're not going to gain grow as much. And without oh, the safer, you'll grow more with the without the safer. It doesn't yes, matter. But, but, the ideal would be a combination where, let's take what we touched on last week as a simple example. I know there's a great cheshivas of the mida of anava of humility of uh, giving in to somebody else, letting them have their way, it's developing that kind of a uh, very sort of submissive nature and mental attitude, able to apply it ultimately So after I know that this is a great uh, quality to try to develop, I'll be able to look to life situations as a helpful agent to try to develop that midah and not just as the chas potential pitfall to fall into something negative that would be damaging to me. Understood, but that's, again, I agree that there's definitely a way to use the guidebook to gain uh, your, your, your gain through the steps as delineated in that guidebook that, again, does not contradict the fact that if one is in a particular crazy massive, even without the guidebook, you overcome that situation that you've gained tremendously. They're not contradictory. And obviously, the, the, the way Rebbe's describing it, one doesn't have to be in such a crazy extreme scenario to just say, okay, I have gained in this area because I recognize that this area is something I'm supposed to gain. And this is, an, this is actually a fight, this area. This is a battle that I'm battling, which otherwise I wouldn't even have necessarily noticed it, and therefore one could gain. But at the same time, if one is constantly in a very uh, not good scenario, but one is working on oneself to overcome that, then he will gain, again, tremendously that way also. I, don't, I mean, I don't see them inherently contradictory. I don't. I see Rabbi's way. I see. I see the fact that the the, the, the you know the Messiah will help you if if you're able to look at scenarios as as now that this scenario I'm in lines up vis-a-vis here. Here's what it talks about. Here's what it's telling me I should do, and here's the the battle I'm battling. But if one doesn't even have that, but one is just thrust into a crazy scenario. And one fights it, and he's also gaining tremendously. And I, I don't, I think that the more extreme it gets, the more I don't see the line. I think the lines get totally blurred as to if there's either one that is better. Okay. That's my, my own thought. 
Okay, so where do we stand? We... I think we lost the uh, MAGA chair, formerly learned, known as, formerly known as Yoni. We need, we need a, a good sikum. <laughs> I, I think the the, the sikum is the really the, you know, I, I think um, Joe clarified a lot. I think, you know, as well as yourself and David, the the way I would see comment is that, in a way that, is, it's like a little bit of a, of a Hakira, in a way, that it seems like that in the world, success always has some sort of roadbook, some sort of map, some sort of goals, some sort of system, some sort of short-term goals, long-term goals. How do I get there? Like a systematic thought process to, to, for success. Like for example, a company or 12 steps of AA meetings. These are all steps to reach a certain goal. When, when it comes to Avodah Hashem, however, I think that because every every growth is a big accomplishment, like Joe said, one could view it as, hey, you know, today I have a certain challenges, certain lack of clarity. Let me work on them. Let me work on Machavos Rolomo. Let me overcome this potential rift I have with a fellow man. Let me be more Machber Allah, whatever it is. But I don't actually have a long-term goal. I just, you know, I'm going through life and I'm trying to do the right thing as often as I can. And part of that is knowing why I want to do the right thing. That, that's just that's just my way of life. And then over time, because you're trying to do the right thing very often, you try to get more clarity. What does Hashem want from me? What was my purpose of creation? All that. The main light, I'm becoming a better and better person over time. Or is it that, no, you, you it has to be, or or there's room for, or there has to be, depending on how strong you want to say it, there's room for an actual roadmap, an actual process, an actual like step, an actual game plan. Like, hey, I know to get to um, uh, to get to different levels, or I know that my ultimate goal is X. I know to get there, I need to understand this better. And when I understand this better, I can then move on to this. Like a certain it, it, the reason why the roadmap like it cheapens it a little bit, but I don't mean it in a cheap way. I mean it in a, you know, a, a calculated way. Like there's no one who, the example is just a brain surgeon doesn't just learn about the body. There's certain understandings, there's certain classes that he goes to, certain path that he goes to to get to that goal. Like, is there a certain roadmap? Should there be a certain focus? Yoni, Yoni, if I could change your example a little bit and use war as an example. A guy can go to West Point and know how to win a battle. But until he's actually in one, he doesn't necessarily know what he's doing. But then he can use the tactics that he's learned. And a guy who never went to West Point, when he's in that battle, he may learn on the fly everything that the guy in West Point learned throughout his years. I mean, a surgeon can never, a guy who goes to medical school, he can't, a, a guy can't just skip medical school. <laughs> he got it. You got to, you got to, you can't just take a scalpel and say, oh, I'll figure it out on the way. It's never going to work. But again, a guy who is, who went to West Point and got trained in all these 
battles and knows that here is when you retreat, here is when you go to the right flank, here is where you go to the left flank, here's how you defend yourself, and this is the various stages of any given battle, then one is able to apply it in a, in a very, very, um, I'm just, every time you said doctor, it just made me confused because doctor is just totally singular. He's the only guy who could do what he does. You can't have a guy come from the trenches and just, you know, say, oh, I'll, I'll take over now. <laughs> Never, I just, again, unless I totally am not understanding what you're saying. No, I just use it as, as that everyone, if some, God forbid, someone has a chole or nefesh, you know, a diabetic, a heart issue, or whatever sickness is out there, he'll, he'll have a plan of action. He'll have, I, I do X, Y, and Z, I do this, I do that, I do this and that. But, like, when it, when it comes to chole hanefesh, or when it comes to growing as a person, that that same like diet or or whatever you know regiment or whatever calculations or thought process is not as common. That's that's all I mean. I don't mean more than that. Okay. And I and I was just saying, me personally, I've been I've been veering off. I've been I think for many years I was more reactionary and I'm, I'm that could be a cheap way of labeling it also but I was viewing it as one Mahalik more like plug the holes and other Mahalik is building a, a person like Bikavana trying to build the, the human being as opposed to Mimela building the human being reactionary is not a word <laughs> not, not for what you're trying to say you're talking about being reactive, not reactionary. Sounds almost like you're. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, that works. Yeah, my mother was an English teacher. Sorry, I grew up with people correcting my uh, usage all the time. Yeah, I was in uh, Israel in fourth grade, so I always blamed any shortcoming in the English language. And I, I, I said the fourth grade is the most important year, and I missed it, so I never had to do well in English. So I always use it as an excuse. It worked. I mean, no one gave me a hard time about. It. <laughs> but, is, is, is it safe to say that to have the right attitude towards it to really to embrace it to be having the willingness to desire to work at it as opposed to just feeling compelled that it really requires having that proactive and in advance um, positive commitment to it as a great no undertaking of great value and great cheshivas. Peak cheshivas. The gross says. Yeah, 100%. Okay. <laughs> so, but like, uh, Yaak, like as Joe said, it's just very blurry. because only us here. You can call me Yaakov. Okay, as Yaakov <laughs> said, it's, it's, it's very blurry because really, you know, really... Many, many statements one says fits into both. Like, it's very hard to really pin down a difference because, yeah, should you do that? Of course you should do that. Like, I don't know exactly, like, what situation to say, oh, this is the difference between the two. Or, like, like to me, it, it's, it's somewhat of a mindset. But even within the mindset, like, everyone, I think people are, well, you, you see two distinct differences. I'm having, I'm having a hard time understanding that problem, I see it radically different. Oh, you do see it. <laughs> yeah, where, where if, it, if, 
Halavai would be shy to accomplish it, but if we could have a view on all those challenges of life, which are plenty hard, many of them, in a manner of, okay, this is it. This is what I'm here for. This is what I can grow from. I need this. Without this, I cannot, I cannot become what I need to become. It's, that, that doesn't make it easy. That's not going to solve it. But at least I'm not like, you know, misrachic from it emotionally. I'm not wishing that I wouldn't have to have it. I'm not like just submitting to it in a forced kind of way. It's like, yeah, bring it on. Now, now what am I going to do? I don't know yet exactly what I'm going to do, but this is not a problem. It's not a problem. This is opportunity. This is, this is, this is, this is, this is a treasure. I'll <laughs> we can have such an attitude, but I think that's very, very different. Okay. Um, okay. I, I want, I need to maybe, maybe I need to think about it. I definitely need to think about it a little bit more. Okay, we all we all would like to. Okay, yes, okay. Thank you, everyone. That's a nice uh, house you have, a nice comfortable matter. I, I didn't know you really existed or something. I thought it was computer generated. <laughs> Yaakov has come out on a Sunday night year. <laughs> this is the second time I've done this. Don't okay. be so... Uh, okay. I think I did one of our year. You're going to too much. Okay. I think you got to me. We'll take whatever <laughs> we can get. Okay. Call to good night, everyone. Thank, Thank you. you.